Welcome to the Alex Merced Cast, where Alex Merced of alexmerced.com brings you principled, thoughtful, libertarian commentary on issues that matter. Let me tell you guys about the great services over there at Amazon.com. Not only is there Amazon Prime, which gets you two-day free shipping, along with a host of media and music that you can access through your Prime subscription, but you can also subscribe to Audible and get cool audiobooks and get a free audiobook every month, along with Kindle Unlimited. It's like the Netflix for ebook. You can read as many ebooks as you want every month for a monthly subscription. You can get a free trial to any of these services by heading over to amazon.alexmerced.com. That's amazon.alexmerced.com. Not only can you get subscriptions or free trials to these products, but you can also find recommended product lists such as recommended books and other cool stuff over there at amazon.alexmerced.com. Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced and you're listening to the Alex Merced cast. And I was just kind of reflecting today. Um, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I forget the name of the host. I will look it up real quick. But bottom line is on this podcast, we're talking to someone from uh, Black Lives Matter and talking about intersectionality and all that fun stuff. It's from... uh, it's from uh, Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Nuys. You might know Jonathan Van Nuys from, uh, uh, what's the name of that show? Um, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the, the Netflix show. He suddenly has, has a pretty good podcast where they kind of interview people, um, talk about sort of fairly sort of progressive intersectional topics, but still very, uh, very interesting to kind of hear the, the in-depth conversations. I highly recommend it. Okay, especially if you don't feel like, especially if you don't feel like comfortable with those kind of conversations, because it's better to understand those conversations. But oftentimes, a lot of people who have these sort of intersectional conversations, I mean, you're talking about sort of different vectors at which people have more or less power in society. So, and they oftentimes get focused on one vector. They get focused on race. They get focused on gender. They get focused on uh, ethnicity. They get focused on religion. They get focused on economic class. And, and, then, and then just kind of really latch on to it as sort of, you know, where all sort of justice and injustice kind of occurs. So basically, it's, it's ironic that it becomes binary in the sense that it, it it's basically you are in the privileged class or you're in the disadvantaged class. And generally, if you're in the privileged class, whatever you do has a tendency of creating injustice in whatever um, the disadvantaged class does, whatever benefits them is moving towards justice. And uh, um, there is some stuff that I think is worth taking away in the sense that we all have, we are all made up of several different vectors, okay? I'm, I'm male, I am Latino, um, I'm libertarian and all these things that are about me do give me privileges in certain situations. Okay. As a libertarian, I am going to be privileged at a libertarian event in the sense that, um, I'm going to fit in better. I'm going to probably get more consideration as a libertarian. Okay. But if I go to the democratic national convention, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be the opposite. I'm going to be disadvantaged. I'm going to get, um, and I, you know, you know, be scoffed at, be treated not so kindly, you know, being openly libertarian um, in, 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 a, in a progressive context. Okay, so there's, 
So not only are the different vectors give me privilege and disadvantages, but they give you priv different privileges and disadvantages in different contexts. And I don't feel like the discussion really gets that robust, okay? Or that it focuses more just sort of on sort of overall power over society, which I think is sort of just a, a, a problematic focus because really no one should have overall power for society. And in the sense that, yes, there is, there are going to be certain vectors, um, oftentimes, you know, demographic majorities. So basically whoever is sort of the demographic majority, so, um, you know, whatever religion, whatever race, whatever everything tends to be sort of demographically a majority is going to have much more state power, especially sort of in a, in a, in a democratic uh, country because just that's the nature of democratic politics. Okay, and, and, and basically democracy gives power over sort of the demographic majority and then they're basically policy, uh, everything is going to be sort of through their cultural lens. Okay, and then that's going to have an effect on sort of how diff different things. Okay, so I do think there's, there's a conversation to be had there. But the conversation is in how do we you try to get people in power to, to, to do things because at the end of the day, electoral politics is going to just be about who has the bigger numbers okay and problem with a lot of the inter a lot of the intersectional debates whilst there's some very legitimate sort of underlying truths in there in the sense that again some some people different factors of who you are will give you privileges and disadvantages and in context that is something to appreciate to sit there and realize that okay not in every situation do we all necessarily uh, are, are, are sitting at sort of an equal footing in the sense that, you know, I may have a better or worse opportunity in a, when applying to for a particular job, but I also may, so in, for every situation where I might be worse off, there might be situations where I'm better off. It's not so simple as you're always worse off or you're always better off. The world is complicated and even identity is complicated. Okay, so as a Latino, if I were applying to a job where the HR person is, you know, very proud of their Latino heritage, and even though I'm not highlighting it, but just by the fact of being Latino, I might actually have a better chance in that job, uh, in, in that interview, all, all other things being equal, um, you know. And again, it's, it's just, it's, it's, more, it's more complicated. But if you're worried about sort of this, this these, these, this cultural hegemonic, if you're worried about cultural hegemony, where basically certain cultural forces end up getting sort of more power, then you have to be worried about the growth of the state, because the growth of the state is always going to give sort of um, the demographic majority power over the over cultural norms, over uh, basically over how everything works and the lens in which society. Uh, um, frames itself. And I mean, this is, and then, I mean, technically all kind of aspects, I mean, because technically the criticism that, um, a lot of, because oftentimes a lot of people who are sort of into these types of social justice debates, or, or it oftentimes comes down to more, uh, or at least the impression I get oftentimes that it's, it's more of trying, the people who are studying it oftentimes, I think are coming from the place sort of where I'm talking about, but the people who kind of like started these discussions in the early on in the academics, seemed that they were just looking for another angle for which to criticize capitalism because the economic debate um, due to sort of the social, you know, the, 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 the socialist cal calculation uh, argument and uh, 
you know, the human, the incentive problems, these problems made it really clear that, you know, from an economic point of view, socialism, communism just doesn't work. And in practice, it doesn't work. So there had to be some sort of new argument. So you have sort of new arguments for why we should be socialists or communists or whatnot. And one of them is sort of this sort of, the, it comes from this social justice thing where basically they're trying to argue that capitalism will also sort of uh, reflect sort of majoritarian concerns. And, and in some regards, it can. Because at the end of the day, businesses are looking to gain market share. Okay, so of course, you're going to start off with sort of your biggest markets. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean any market goes unserved, which is different than politics. But basically what they'll, they'll say is saying, okay, well, the biggest movies, okay, I mean, the biggest movies are probably going to cater towards the, 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 big, the, the most majoritarian demographics. And this creates, you know, social disparities because people get used to seeing the hero is always like sort of this archetype, which is oftentimes going to be the archetype of sort of the, uh, the majority because you're create you you want to create you know you're going to create big budget media for majority of the people or you know for the largest number of people but there's a big difference between in a market because in a media market there's still going to be a, there's still an advantage to creating niche media for niche communities there is still a reason if you're doing that big budget media to make sure that it even though maybe it overall kind of caters to a majority that it that you still want more market share. So you're still going to want to make sure that you craft it away in enough that it's broadly appealing enough to get people who outside of the majority, because you don't want just 51% of the people watching it. You want a hundred percent percent of the people watching it. Um, so yes, every vector, whether it's politics, economics or whatnot, initially is going to cater towards sort of by large, by numbers. Um, okay. And that, that's going to happen. But demographics are constantly changing and, and power is constantly shifting. It's, it's nothing is ever sort of static. Everything is dynamic. And then also just sort of, you know, cultural identities shift and change and morph. Okay. In the sense that, you know, when you take a look at uh, identities such as uh, I just learned that apparently, you know, when uh, during the, the founding of the nation, Ben Franklin was apparently very anti-German immigrants in the same way that people talk about sort of Mexicans nowadays. And then people talk that way about the Irish people nowadays. And over generations, you know, you just forget that there's this distinction, that there was ever a time that people didn't realize they were just part of the group. So, I mean, a lot of those things kind of change over time and people don't realize it. And if you take a look at what Ben Franklin was saying about the Germans, uh, it was literally like the same kind of things you're hearing people say um, about a lot of immigrants nowadays, you know, not assimilating, uh, uh, only the worst are coming, yada, yada, yada. Not to take away from all the good things about Ben Franklin, but apparently he said some pretty uh, uh, troubling things. Okay. So the point is, things are constantly changing, um, and markets oftentimes actually work towards trying to serve more people, even if some people are, um, make up a bigger market share, so that the markets are going to cater slightly more to them. But politics is even that to an extreme, because you don't need 100%. You don't need everyone. You just need the majority. You just need 51% to win an election. So there's no reason to appeal to 52 or 53. Once I have 51 and I can lock it down, everything else... Okay, um, just as diluting my message. So politics takes that sort of polarization to the extreme. And then plus, due to the fact that you can, it's no longer about consent, because in markets, well, I'm trying to get as many people to consent to watching my TV show, to consent to watching my radio show. So I'm gonna, I have this feedback mechanism where you're like, well, if you don't like 
what I made for a movie, you can not watch it and I'll make less money. So I have an incentive to try to cater to to a more diverse audience over time or to try to create more diverse media that shows things through more lenses. Um, while in politics, you really don't have that incentive because all I need is the majority. And if I have the majority's consent, I can take from everybody. And that does become oppressive. And that does create disparities that are along these sort of lines of, uh, of race, religion, because um, we've seen in history that people have used government to hold back whoever the boogeyman of the day is. Um, whether it was Japanese internment camps, Jim Crow laws, um, the refu um, the, the, the what was it the refugee slave or the runaway slave act, um, all these sorts sorts of acts were basically government just punished whoever sort of the disadvantaged classes of the time were. Okay, and then there were same things where there were, I think, laws that pretty much banned Chinese immigration at some point in history. Um, you know, the, the ramifications are much, much more harsh there because consent is no longer part of the equation when you're looking. So, so while people are using this sort of intersectional argument to criticize capitalism, that actually that intersectional argument, that sort of argument of privilege versus disadvantage is actually a stronger criticism of why you want a smaller and shrinking state and uh, why you'd actually why libertarianism is still sort of the right choice the right way where free individuals are going to dissipate power are going to balance out power and balance out justice more often than not because we're all going to be when everyone's free we can all fight for our sort of a piece of just like the economic pie, but of sort of the so of social influence of all these things. So it gets more evenly distributed. And if someone takes too, sh you know, basically it's like king of the hill. Like if someone were to get too much of the pie, then everyone's going to be gunning for them in a sense. You know, they be they become a target. You know, how do I sell to them, or how do I compete with them to for that same profit margin, whatnot? Well, in politics, it's basically I win my election, I've locked in my winnings for the next four years, for the next two years. Um, and all I had to do was appeal to 51% of the people and I can take money from 100% of the people. And that's just, it's a different game. Okay, and it gives, it gives sort of, again, a demographic majority power over the democratic, the, 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 over everybody, which is much more dangerous than I think mar markets are for the variety of the reasons I discussed during this episode. But I'll talk a little bit more right after this break. Let me tell you about many of the great offers over there at Offers dot alexmerced.com that's offers dot alexmerced.com where you can find great offers for things like NordVPN so that way you can browse the internet privately in a world where privacy matters more than ever or is Bluehost a great hosting software or great hosting service that you can get at a very affordable price through our offer check that and more over there at offers dot alexmerced.com to find great offers for you today well, I'm back and basically just kind of to sum it up, bottom line is, you know, there are things to kind of take away from sort of social justice debates in the sense there are there's just certain realities or just reality that, you know, we aren't we aren't always equal in every way. We don't always have the same privileges. We don't always have the same disadvantages where the conversations overly simplified, where they only focus on how these disadvantages are created in markets without emphasizing how those disadvantages can are, are maximized and oftentimes ingrained and institutionalized through government policy, as we've seen through history, as many of the places I've pointed out. Uh, also, in the fact that it's more complicated in the sense that it's not just who you are, but it's also in the context that we're in. 
where you are, you know, in the, at the event you're at, the people you're talking to, all these things, everything about you is going to constantly be shifting what your privileges and disadvantages are. And that's um, also something that plays a factor. And that that's sort of the so basically this sort of new argument, this new critique of capitalism at the end of the day still on its head becomes a stronger critique of centralization of power. And the same thing goes for sort of the other realm of critiquing capitalism, which is sort of um, environmentalism, which is a bit harder to sort of, that's probably the hardest one to deal with far as, okay, well, you know, how do you, but then you take a look at how government policies oftentimes create a lot of incentives to do people, for people to do environmentally less friendly things. You can still, again, go back and point, and then how oftentimes government incentivizes energy development in the wrong direction and all, or, or, or disincentivizes uh, energy innovation in many different ways by protecting legacy industries. Um, you can once again see that oftentimes the government's always going to be controlled by the most powerful, the most vested interests. So if you're looking to try to facilitate change, if you're looking to facilitate more fluidity in society, in societal norms and economic norms and whatnot, what you want is a minimal state, less a smallest state as possible. Um, so no matter which way you look at it, where you look at it from an economic lens, a social justice lens, or an environmental lens, um, you know, libertarianism always comes from the right answer and or really any lens free people are going to be more likely to make the world something different something better than those who aren't free because they are controlled by those who have the most vested by the vested interest to control them um, so that's kind of one of the get at today. My name is Alex Merced. Again, thank you guys for listening to the show. You can always learn more about what I have to say by listening to previous episodes. Subscribe to my other podcast. Just go on iTunes and type in my name or go on YouTube. I have thousands of videos on YouTube. Uh, and, uh, you know, support the show. Basically, what I want to do soon is I'm going to start redoing my, my, my series on uh, the history of economic thought. And it's going to require me to do a lot of research and re sort of reacquainting myself with a lot of economic ideas. So getting the support to be able to take the time to do that would be appreciated. So please do consider uh, becoming a supporter or a donor over there at patreon.com slash Alex Merced. I'll see you guys next week. If you appreciate my efforts to provide you with educational, enlightening, and entertaining content, please do consider becoming a supporter by heading over to donate.alexmerced.com. That's donate.alexmerced.com where you can find several options to support my efforts, whether by becoming a patron over there at patreon.com, which gives you access to exclusive Facebook groups and exclusive content. Also, you can also become a subscriber through Bitbacker through a monthly cryptocurrency donation. You can also find cryptocurrency donation addresses and PayPal link for one-time donations over there at donate.alexmerced.com. This allows me be able to set aside the time to continue creating free content that educates, enlightens, and entertains. Thank you very much. This is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com, mercedbranding.com. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Alex Merced cast. Learn more at alexmerced.com, libertarian101.com, and libertarianwingmedia.com. Follow Alex Merced on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 